Explore my exclusive Shayna Blaze designer collection at Harris Scarf, the perfect update for your living, dining or bedroom space. My Shayna Blaze designer collection features pieces that mix and match effortlessly. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices, shopping store or online. Welcome to the Homestyle Podcast with Shayna Blaze. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles, with tiles for every style and budget. And Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices. And welcome to Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. For Harris Scarf, turn your home into a relaxing oasis with the latest from the Shayna Blaze collection in store today and of course thanks to our wonderful sponsors Beaumont Tiles drop into one of 115 Beaumont Tile stores around the country they have specialists on hand to help you select the perfect tile for your next renovation I am Jane Neild I'm a podcast producer I have a house in the country I bought during COVID a year and a half ago that I am gradually renovating I jump into a studio every couple of weeks with the wonderful Shana Blaze who of course needs no introduction designer a founder, a voice of change, her own charity. What else? I'm a judge on the block, Shana. I know you've been a little ill in the last couple of weeks and you've done it pretty tough. You've had COVID. So are you okay? And how are you? Oh, look, I, there is a terrible flu going around at the moment and I empathise with anyone who has it or has got it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm eight days in and I don't feel any better. So I apologise for my sound and my croakiness. But, you know, we do have to soldier on on certain things, but I am doing it from the comfort of my home. So don't freak out anybody. I was just thinking how wonderful is that I'm watching you on a, on a TV show at any time of the day or night because I do it on catch up and you look glamorous and wonderful and in fact the real Shana Blaze is at home coughing and spluttering like the rest of us but <laughs> on the block at the moment you're looking stunning <laughs> the dichotomy of being a tv star Shana uh we will touch on the block in just a moment and we are going to talk an oasis in your home do you dream of having that one little place that is kind of a sanctuary away from the rest of the hustle and bustle of most people's normal life so we'll do that for Harris Scarf in just a moment and we're going to catch up on what has been happening internationally Rachel from Beaumont Tiles she's gotten back on the travel horse Shana the first international tile fair that she's been to on behalf of Beaumont's in Italy sounds divine We'll talk tiles and also a visualization tool that Beaumonts have. Are you good at? I mean, of course you're good at visualizing, Shana. That's essentially your job, isn't it? And then making that visualization come true. Pretty much, like, and and that's the thing. You know, majority of my clients, um, especially when I first started so long ago. Um, just can't visualize. And and the biggest thing, we didn't have the tools that everyone has at the moment. So, you know, sketching was my forte. And so I used to instant, if people couldn't visualize, um, I instantly would sketch something on the spot. And then when I'm on site, you know, because a lot of designs are up for interpretation, no matter even if you do the the CAD drawing, the drafting, um, there is an interpretation sometimes that happens. So if you're on site and something isn't exactly how you wanted it, getting out a, a pen and a pencil and a sketch and holding it up was the best way I could make changes. 
And of course, you are listening to Homestyle, brought to you by the team at Beaumont Tiles. You can drop into one of Beaumont's 115 stores and let their specialists help you select the perfect tile for your next renovation. Shana and I are a little jealous because... She has been off to Cersei, I'm going to say, in Bologna, Italy, to the largest tile fair in the world. It is Rachel Gooding from Beaumont Tiles. Hello, Rachel. And out of 10, how do you rate? Is this your first overseas big deal fair since COVID or have you put the toe in the water of travel so far? No, this was the first one. So a big shift up. Yeah, we're a bit out of whack. I I forgot where my suitcases were when I was packing. (laughs) Um, yeah, the the first big trip since 2019 for um, our team, which, yeah, it, it was a bit of an iron out of the kinks. How do we do this travel thing again? We've forgotten, you know? Uh, I'm the same. Even like I haven't done an international trip yet, but I've done, you know, the local ones and interstate and I seem to forget everything all the time yeah. or leave something at the hotel. I can't believe I've been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> The people who make phone charges and things like pillows and slippers, they're just going to have a great time because, yes, people just slipping your mind while you're travelling. But look, as far as I can tell, Rachel, from the wrap I got on the email, this is a big deal in the world of tiles. And what I really want to know is we're on the flip side to obviously the seasons in the Northern Hemisphere, but what are some of those trends that you saw there? And, And just sort of paint a picture for those of us who don't travel for work on how big this was. So the Chasai Fair is the largest tile fair in the world and it's the one place where all, I guess globally, everyone who's an innovator in the industry will be showing their latest and greatest. So the latest and greatest in technology or the latest and greatest in design, colour and where things are evolving, I guess, for interiors um, and, and obviously tiles as a whole. Um so it's, it's a big deal in the tile game um, and it really helps us get an eye for where things are evolving to. So we saw a lot in the technology aspect, which will influence where and how things are developed in the future. Um, so it gives us good scope of what's coming, obviously, in the next yeah, in the next season, but also in the next two to five years as well. That's interesting you were saying technology because I remember we spoke before about the technology of how it's really changed and, you know, especially having the tiles from the indoor to the outdoor. What's the biggest technology you think that will make a difference to our lives? I guess we're still seeing that was a huge and heavy focus at Chasai this year was that innovative slip resistance that gives us that seamless transition from indoors to out. Um, More suppliers had that available. So we're not seeing that type of tech die down anytime soon. Um, What we did see that was quite a bit newer was things such as sinking glazes and reactive glazes, which sounds a bit techy, but um, essentially they just give added definition and dimension to a tile. So it helps it give a lot more of a realistic uh, look and feel. So really strong in your stones and your marble type looks, just helping give a bit of tactile definition to what is traditionally a quite a flat surface in a tile. And and those reactive sort of glazes have traditionally mainly been used for like sculpture and mugs and, mm. you know, small decorative items. So to be able to use in like a large scale, that that is revolutionary. Yeah, it's quite exciting. So I'm going to geek out again. What happens is we've got different heads on a, a printing, um, a, a tile printing machine and these special glazes 
put into the one of those heads. So you're getting the the print like you would uh, your photos or uh, an everyday printer, but they're able to really precisely pick where these types of definitions and details get placed on a tile. So it's quite exciting <laughs> in a in a very um, a geeky way, a tile oh, geeky way. I don't think way. it's geeky at all. <laughs> I think a lot of people will be fascinated by that. And I think, you know, that that's the thing is like technology has revolutionised mm. so many parts of our interior the past five years more than it ever has. And it just allows us to have um, so many more interactive experiences with certain surfaces. And um, I think what yeah. you're pointing out is, is a big thing. Yeah, and we also saw a trend and a shift a bit more to um, thinner production, which we'll see coming through quite a bit. So by thinner production, I just mean um, a thinner thickness of our tiles. So that wow. won't impact. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to impact durability or um, it won't impact what we know and love about tiles in terms of their durability and how long they can last for us and their strengths. Um, but it gives a lot of benefits in terms of raw material usage, energy usage, usage um, we can get more in containers so at a freight and handling level it's it's a lot easier as well so that's a huge um, a huge shift we'll see in the industry coming through is a move to thinner thicknesses in tiles wow. with, without impacting that durability so and that's that's going to make a big difference to um, retrofitting certain tiles because you know in bathrooms especially <laughs> you end up having like that extra height in transition between, you know, a, a timber floor or a um, carpet, but just means you'll be able to ramp up the timber and carpet just that tiny bit and they can actually be on the same level. And I think that's, you know, what people not realising how revolutionary that would be. Um, and because porcelain was the beginning of changing that thickness, making it thinner quite a while ago, is that still using porcelain or is there other materials involved? Yeah, a majority of it is seen throughout porcelain. Um, that's probably where we were able to play a lot more in the formulation at a at a raw material level to help us maintain the durability and strengths. But it, it is super revolutionary in, in not just end use application, but throughout the whole game, you know, right through right from the beginning to the end. So from the time it's, you know, we're making it in the factory with our raw material right through to it being installed in your home. It's it's that whole process will shift quite a bit in, with the thinner evolution of tiles. See, I'm geeking out too. Amazing. <laughs> As someone who's looking at um, redoing her kitchen wall on an old cottage with, you know, wooden stumps as the earth is soaking with water and sort of seeping, the idea of 20 or 30 kilos less weight on a kitchen structure, I mean, it's about the materials you need to reinforce structures as well, Shana, where you could save a lot with less weight. Yeah, absolutely, which in the end works well for high rises as well as, um, you know, what is happening in your, your – sorry, my – dog is sneezing right there um, but it works well with high rises as well as it does for traditional homes because you know that the weight bearing is what all the beams are about and all the pylons and so you know if you're renovating a, a unit or a flat that's on like the fourth story um, it's going to be so much better for you. 
Now, Rachel, before we let you move on to us, a little product I've noticed on the Beaumont Tiles website that we really need to find out about. Can you tell me if that trend towards those earthy tones, I've done the terracotta and like I did it over a year ago, um, that raw terracotta tile in my bathroom. Are we still going to see those sort of tones or is it all shiny and brand new and against these trends so we all have to suddenly renovate? I hope not. Uh, well, we're really in, I think, for the long haul in terms of those earthy tones and those neutrals, a lot of soft, warm and inviting shades with a bit of a sun-baked kiss. Um, they're going to maintain their popularity. On the counter to that, though, there will be some big, bold and bright shades coming through, but a lot will also be toned back a bit. So I think we touched on it in a couple episodes before, but that theme of dopamine dressing and bringing through some colour into the space, um, quite a big one. Two of the key colour colorways we've seen uh, coming through in the tile game would be your greens and your blue. So mm. they seem to be maintaining their their dominance in in the colour game for tiles. Yeah. Well, no one does colour like Italy, so I can imagine it was a <laughs> festival of colour and dopamine when you were there. And I have to say, I'm so glad I don't follow you on Instagram because literally every friend I have is overseas or been overseas <laughs> and, it, you know, I kept messaging and saying, I have to unfollow you, I'm going to have to disown you, but I couldn't stop. And it's just, you know, to be over there, um, you know, in spring and summer must have been incredible. Yeah, it was great. And the fair itself is massive. So we're talking 14 really big halls of um, various installations of all the latest and greatest. So it, it, it was overwhelmingly great. Plus, yeah. I mean, the food, the pasta, we can't we can't go past all the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth not knowing how to pack your suitcase anymore. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Now, here's my segue because, of course, you know, people might think, well, why do you guys all have to go on a, a trip and a work trip and, you know, this? Because really you do have to see something in the flesh to be able to properly get your head around it. So let's talk about visualisation for a moment because uh, I was sort of thinking recently when I talk to people and I say, oh, I do this great podcast with Shana. And a lot of people's response to any kind of design chat, if they're not totally into it or really keen to learn more, is I just can't visualise stuff. Rachel, am I wrong or is that something you hear all the time from customers? I just can't visualise it. Yeah, that's a big one across the board. And if you're not from a design background or you're not really in it every day, it is really hard to visualise things. It's it's so tricky to, I mean, even trying to put out out an outfit together can sometimes be really challenging. So <laughs> from an interior's perspective, it adds a whole nother element. And you're also talking about, your dream space and your dream home. So trying to, um, there's a, a bit of pressure, I guess, um, personal pressure to get it right. And um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the colours and the patterns, it's the scale and and how everything can come together. Because some people go, oh my God, that's a, a full on tile. It's not going to work. But when you put it in a, the scale of something, it, it, it does disappear. So a lot of people can get quite confronted with a bold colour and um, a, a full-on rich pattern, but it's how you use it um, <clears throat> is the best thing. But when people see the tiles next to each other, just a couple of, you know, tiles and then, you know, some plain colours, they're just like, well, they feel like they're competing. 
Yeah, it's tricky to, at a small scale to really get that idea, particularly then you're teaming it with other elements and textures, like if we're doing a bathroom, vanities and lighting, and they, they all interplay and interrelate into the end result of a space. So Rachel, what I found really interesting when I was sort of playing around with the B visual tool on the Beaumont's website, which is a, a sort of a design and visualization tool, is you can actually share some of the images. Definitely sharing the space is so important, but another really cool aspect of our B visual live is you can actually use a room that you're renovating right now. So your kitchen or your bathroom, you can take a picture of that space um, select the tile that you uh, would like to use or say on your splashback or your floor and instantly share that with your partner or your builder to really get a look and feel of how that end result will will feel like or will look like. And Shana, do you think as we were talking about the um, complexity of perhaps the tile printing and all of those designs we're going to see coming through, which may be more detailed than we've ever been able to see in tiles, do you think it's going to be more important than ever to be able to actually visualise that space before committing? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, we've always said that the the bathroom especially, and we know these tiles, you know, they can go in any room of the house really, um, but especially a bathroom, you use every trade possible. That's the hardest one to fix because it's all the waterproofing that comes with it. And it's like, you know, that domino effect. If you have to start changing the tiles, you have to change everything else as well, as well as the waterproofing, depending where it is. So it can be a tricky thing. So I think a visualization tool, if people can't get it themselves, uh, just really helps getting the idea across the line, but minimizes mistakes. Rachel, how do people do it? What do you have to do to um, maybe generate some of these great images? So it's really simple. It's just on our homepage. There's a Be Visual Live um, button up there. And it's just a matter of clicking that and either picking a pre-selected room. So there's various rooms you can choose from or uploading one of your own, as I mentioned before, and um, playing. I guess it's all a matter of playing and um, picking and choosing the tiles that are uploaded within that and seeing how they look together. Rachel, thank you so much. And I am guessing that with 115 stores around the country, uh, the local staff at Beaumont Tiles aren't going to, well, they're going to be very impressed when you roll in with your B visual on the iPad or on your phone and go, I've already done all of this. Like how good will that be in terms of, you know, being able to go in and actually make a selection? Oh, it definitely helps speed things up. And your selection staff are there to help you with that other bit of validation too. So if you are still unsure about your decision, you've got a few different pictures you've chosen or a few different um, tile combinations, they can really help you decide on that final selection um, and getting it right. Rachel Gilding from Beaumont Tiles, thank you so much. We'll be jumping on the website to the homepage and jumping on Be Visual Live. And well, I hope you rest up after that holiday. It must have been a really tough week of work. Thanks for sharing. It actually was tough, ladies. Oh, yes, so tough, yeah. Two weeks of nonstop walking. I think in one day we did 21,000 Ks just in one day. And that's not including the evening. That's just the day. Oh, yeah. I hope that's to make up for all the pasta and food and gelato. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay. (laughs) Perhaps an element there to the walking. Just (laughs) And you are listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. I'm producer Jane Nild. It's all thanks to Harris Scarf. You can entertain like a professional with Harris Scarf. You can create your oasis. You can get organised for Christmas early with the Shana Blades range. Hint, hint. Of course, great brands and great prices. And the team at Beaumont Tiles drop into one of Beaumont's 115 stores and let their specialists help you select the 
perfect tile for your next renovation. Shana, this one popped up on my phone. You screenshotted it from your Insta, sent it through for the rundown. Very impressed. We've got a little question here. Let's do our listener question. Thanks to Harris Scarf before we talk creating a little oasis or sanctuary because there's actually quite a bit of crossover with this one. Penny Braun commented on one of your pictures of the block. Shana, question. I am renovating a dark sitting room with original timber shingled ceilings, wood floors, stone fireplace. Should I go with the dark, moody cigar room vibe versus everyone telling me to lighten it with warm white? There is little natural light at all. Appreciate your thoughts from Penn. So, Shana, go for it. I suppose what um, Penny is, is asking is so relevant because dark and moody is fantastic, especially with the elements that she's talking about, um, but then also the light, bright and white. So it comes down to the application of the room. Is this your everyday room where you need to see things properly, where you need to focus properly, where you need to actually work out um, in the day-to-day life? When you're doing a darker, moody den feel, that becomes a a room that you're not going to be using in every single day. That's going to become a room that you sit down and you relax. It's a place that you um, convene to, to read a book. It can be conversations, board games. Um, But if it's all dark and moody with just feature lighting, it's really going to make you struggle in an everyday capacity. So I think the first question is work out where the room is in the house and what its usage will be. If it is the everyday, I would encourage to do um, a bit of lightning in there. It depends on the ceiling, the timber on the ceiling. If it's just a stained pine, um, you know, definitely paint it. But there's also coming with it, you have to do um, stain blockers to stop it bleeding through. Um, And then, you know, if it's a feature that is part of the house, like if it's a Tudor or a traditional, something like that, maybe it might be a case that, you know, because it's got a cross feeling on it and then it's got, you know, the timber in it. Maybe you keep the cross beams still in that dark timber, but you paint the panels internally on it. So you still get that traditional feel, but you're getting that natural light to start bouncing around. And if there's not a lot of natural light, make sure you get some lights, not just as down lights, but but lights that will actually bounce off the white. So it means that it's that extra reflective light on top of that one natural light window. Um, so that's that's really the best way I can describe it without one seeing the room and doing a full consultation. But that that is definitely the way that you decide which way the room's going to go. It reminds me of the guy's room on the block on the weekend where the reveal, they had a TV room that really didn't know what it was, Shana. Was it a man cave where you put your stuff Star Wars toy collection. Is this a place you're coming every day? If it was and you wanted to do both and have it as a moody, dark man boy cave or something, could you put like LEDs in so that if you did need to do day-to-day stuff, you could day-to-day stuff, you could actually put some better lights, some really light lights on or... 
or well, yeah, LEDs are more of a feature as well. They're not going to do a, a, a big light. So you really, you need to sort of flood it a bit more with light. You need to, as I was saying, like get lights that will uplight it as well as bounce off everything. You would then um, have to start putting maybe some lighter materials in the space. Like it might be a case that your couch might be a lighter colour, but your cushions are still dark and moody. Um, it, you maybe put some cabinetry in there that has a bit of light light reflection in it as well and lots of lamps lots of lamps that don't have a dark and moody feel to it some that are very task lighting related so that you can actually turn them off when you want it dark and moody so if you start flooding flooding it with too many lights it loses that dark and moody feel have you ever tried to thread a needle in the last few months Shana I definitely need a very job specific light for that well, you know, that sort of room, you'd have to walk out and do that. But honestly, just don't even go there with threading the needle. Gee whiz. <laughs> so, Pen Hope, we've uh, kind of touched on your question there. A really interesting topic. It sort of segues into so many things. Shana, creating a little oasis. So, I've done a little Googling. What do you think of when you think of an oasis? If a client came to you and said, Shana, I want to create a little oasis. I want a little sanctuary in my home. What do you sort of visualise? Well, interestingly enough, you know, we've just been speaking about Beaumont Tiles, but the bathroom for many years has been called the oasis. And that's, you know, it's your your place where you disappear to. It might become this little day spa moment. Um so to me, it's always about plump towels, beautiful candles to make it sort of feel like you've disappeared and, you know, you're having that bath all to yourself or you're having a steam shower or, you know, you're actually, you know, giving yourself a scrub and all those sorts of things. But having all those beautiful, sumptuous um, towels and, and candles and everything like that just to bring the level of the hard surfaces down is so important. Then the other part of a little oasis, you know, it could be a reading it could be an area that, you know, you just want to have like a small area that's got a, an oversized chair. It has a, a little basket on the side that has, you know, beautiful rugs or throws in there and then some beautiful sumptuous cushions so you can sit up and rest your head when you're reading. It's where you can have the basket beside the the chair with beautiful throws and then you can have a few different cushions so you can sit yourself up and prop yourself up for a long time and have you know a table on on the side so you can have a cup of tea you know all those little things of like when you want an oasis it's about what do you want to experience that corner that room for and have all those experience elements on hand and easy to use there's nothing worse than setting yourself up for an oasis but you've got your book ready and you've got everything there. You've got your cup of tea, but then you have to walk over the other side of the room to turn the light on or off, you know, make sure you've got your lamp. And so it's all about those modern conveniences being hidden so that you can have all those sumptuous layers on it to make it an oasis. We are today talking about a little design focus today for Harris Scarf, how to create an oasis in your home. You're on Homestyle and it is all thanks to Harris Scarf. Of course, you can shop Shana's range there. Great brands and great prices. The little definition of oasis uh, that I Googled, Shana, is a green spot in the desert traditionally, but it can also be used to describe a peaceful area in our everyday lives. So you've nailed that. Shana, what I thought was exactly what you actually sort of outlined is an oasis to me is 
in the desert, I'm going there, I'm not leaving for three or four hours, at least if I'm traveling. It means everything I need. I was just thinking your bathroom scenario, you know, you get to the romantic bath or perhaps you're finally alone to me time. You forgot the bottle opener and the bottle's got a cork suddenly or like it really is. It's like that indulgence in everything being on hand. Um, I've just Googled on the Harris Scarf range here, the Shana Blaze Sterling Throw on sale, Shana, $129 down to $90.99. And for all those bits and bobs, maybe the bottle opener, uh, the Shana Blaze Mystic Shallow Salad Bowl, which I think would make a little great little accessory bowl. It's only $19 down from nearly $40. So have all, yes, a little accessory bowl to put your little, you know, bath salts in and put maybe those corks that you're um, opening while you're having a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's very quickly touch on the block, Shana. Last time we spoke about their mud rooms and the hallways, things like that, um, there was a little incident with some great artwork, but the wrong pieces hung too closely together in a hallway. Can you very briefly describe what in design principles is happening there. I, I think they were just trying to fill the space. I think that was that that rush. Um, we've got this piece of artwork. We need to fill it. And a lot of the time the artwork's the last thing to go on the wall because they have to paint. They have to get all the trades out the way. So I think it's one of those things where um, – you have to have some connection when they're just feature pieces everywhere. If you're doing a gallery wall, that's a whole different thing because you have different sizes, different contexts, different colours. It's all about creating an overall balance of anywhere from, you know, five to 20 pieces. But when you're doing pieces that are just a feature on their own that are stacked near each other, they've got to have the same context. They've got to have the similar framing. They can't be a completely different genre. Really interesting. And very briefly, we saw a little bit, I'm not going to say cheating scandal because that just sounds so clickbaity. Uh, there was a little bit of an issue with a design reappropriation. You kind of explained on your Instagram. Can you give us the 30-second snapshot? Well, I think it was a case that, um, you know, Sarah Jane had – not an inspiration. She had a picture from a designer that she admires and just completely copied it. And, you know, she turns around and says, well, we we aren't given the rules when we start. We didn't know that that's not what we can do. Um, but again, I always go, well, you're fans of the block and something like this happened two years ago and it really is important, you know. And, and people have also said, well, you know, this is something you should discuss with contestants. It's something that we discuss constantly in our private pages, in design, on the block. It's not something that it's, – it's like telling people that you've got to look after your budget. You know, you're going into a competition, have a look at what's happened in the past, have a look at what people have got in trouble for, have a look what the rules are, rather than just worrying about that piece of paper that's given to you on the day, thinking, well, that is the 100% Bible and nothing else counts. No, it doesn't. It's been going for a very long time. Design's been going for a very long time. And someone said to me, like, you know, where does that 30% come from? It comes from copyright law. It's a law. So, you know, and then people go, well, you know, it's up there on the internet, so it just means it's free reign. No, that's not it as well. You know, the internet is also used as designers to show, to showcase their work so they can get more work. If you're going to blatantly copy something into your home behind closed doors, 
that's actually fine. There's nothing, you know, you're just, you're doing that. But when you're in a competition and when you're in the world and you're sort of saying, even though saying, oh, I'm copying this designer, sorry, it still doesn't, still doesn't run by me. And I've got the sneaking suspicion if the producers had chatted and she'd gone, I'm not sure, what should I do? I wonder if there's any experts I could ask about the rules. I'm sure your number would have been available and someone would have given you or Neil or Darren a call. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like it hasn't come up before. Oh, Shana, we could just talk for three hours. But anyway, thank you so much. I know that you've been on your sick bed. We really appreciate it. And look, we know the block has been listed, uh, record prices. Thank you so much. We'll have so much to chat about. It'll be a week away from the end of the competition, I think, the next time we speak. Oh, my God. It's getting exciting. And you can, of course, shop the uh, Shana Blaze range at Harris Scarf. You can entertain like a professional and you can create that little oasis that you have perhaps been wanting for so long at Harris Scarf. And of course, thanks to our sponsors, Beaumont Tiles. They've got 115 stores. You can use their Be Visual app on the website and of course, let their specialists help you select the perfect tile for your next renovation. Thanks, Shana. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Homestyle Podcast with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles with tiles for every style and budget and Harris Scarf. Great brands, great prices. Explore my exclusive Shana Blaze designer collection at Harris Scarf, the perfect update for your living, dining or bedroom space. My Shana Blaze designer collection features pieces that mix and match effortlessly. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices. Shop in store or online.